Hey, you're listening to In Traffic with Neil Rubenstein. I am Neil Rubenstein. And today I'll be sitting in traffic talking to Abu Ashuda, very talented comedian and contributing member of the Chamber Boys. Hi. Is this happening? Hi. It's working. Yeah. yeah. Painful. Sorry about that. that. Was, yeah, that was a little excruciating. That was, uh... <laughs> I, I apologize. It uh, doesn't usually happen that at, like, 4.59, someone's like, could you come to my office? I'm like, really? Right now? I have to call Neil. No, uh, no, it's good. No, it's good. It's good. It's, uh, okay. It keeps me on my toes. Reminds me, nothing nothing is smooth, nothing goes as planned. Got to keep, you know, keep my head in the game. So I speak. like that. I like that. So what's going on, uh, Abby? How are you? Uh, I'm good. I'm good. How are you? You're in the car. I am in the car. I'm uh, going, it uh, looks like 11 miles an hour right now. Oh, sweet. So, uh, okay. I, I will go slower uh, very shortly. There's a lot of brake lights ahead of me. <laughs> uh, you're at a you're you're at a day job. You're you are a day jobber. I'm a day jobber. Yeah, I am sitting in a conference room right now. It's uh it's delightful. And what's uh what's the chamber boys like? What's your involvement over there, and how busy does that keep you? Uh, the chamber boys thing. Um, I started. They like found me at a mic or something maybe last year, and they had at the time it was like a live kind of YouTube show podcasting, and they would intermittently have comics on to just sort of comment on uh, various things, uh, like little different sort of segments about politics or funny things on the internet and that sort of stuff. Um, and I was on the show a couple times, and then they just wanted someone else to sort of write and participate, and I think they just kind of wanted a uh, like a token vagina, and so they were like, why don't you do this full-time with us and come and hang out a lot, and so I've been doing that for about a year, and it kind of morphed into, uh, they have a production company, and uh, so they, they produce things for themselves and then content for other people, um, so it's been good. I've been, like, helping them uh, with, like, writing and that sort of stuff, and they've been teaching me how, a little bit about how to edit and, like, you know, uh, produce in this way that I've never done before. So it's been a good experience. Yeah. I don't know. They're, like, they're like it's just, like, incredible, too, because they're, like, in their early 20s, and they're so dedicated in this way that, like, I still am not as as much as I should be in my 30s. So I'm like, ooh, it's, like, motivating and also makes me feel bad at the same time. Like, what Is was that- I doing in my 20s? Is that full-time for them? Uh, it's full-time for one of them, and the other guy, Muna, also has a day job. But, like, I mean, the amount of time they spend, like, it might as well be full-time because when they're not at their day jobs, they're doing that. So, yeah, it's, it's pretty it's pretty all-encompassing. I don't do it as much because I have to be – I pay the bills, and uh, I don't get to live with my mom. Slash, I wouldn't want to live with my mom, so that's what we got to do to the hospital. And did you, uh, I, you had mentioned like a, a little while ago you were up for a promotion. You were like struggling with like a, like a life kind of decision. Yeah. You, I, have you made a decision on that or? I, I haven't gotten the, the offer just yet, so I'm still waiting to find out. But I think 
basically the the guy that I talked to made it sound like he could be more flexible than I thought he was going to be able to be in terms of how much time I would spend, you know, doing things that are not, you know, day job related. So I just like tried to level with him and I was like, listen, I'm, I'm not afraid of hard work. I'm not afraid of late hours, but there are some days that I want to run out of here, you know, in time for a six o'clock show or some, that I want to take a Friday off and audition for America's Got Talent with Neil. And I just like want to be able to do those things. And so, um, he seems like he's going to be flexible about it. I haven't been offered the job yet, so let's see. But, yeah, it's hard trying to decide, like, how, like, what is the right path, right? I mean, you quit your own day job. Yeah, uh, yeah, I mean, I, yeah, I did. And how, and how is that going? Do you feel like that's, like, giving you much more time to be able to focus, or is it just, like, causing you stress because you're like, ooh, I do still need to eat dinner? Uh, I mean, <laughs> I'm definitely focused more, uh, definitely focused more. Every now and again, I notice my bank account, and I'm like, oh, that's <laughs> a lot lower than when we started. Um, so there's, like, moments of, like, little anxiety or stress, but overall I'm in a way better mood, and, and when I when I sit down, here, here, this is what's important. To me, uh, for right now. When I sit down and write, like last night, uh, I got like a little bit of a bug. Like, I was like, oh, I got this idea. Let me work this out. And I sat down, and we have like a little office in our apartment. And I sat down, and I started writing, I started working it out. And there were no distractions. You know, Kathleen had asked me to do something. Uh, you know, she was like, oh, I'm just going to leave this thing out so you remember to do it before you come to bed. And that was it. You know what I mean? Where, yeah. as in the past, it would have been like, oh, well, I, I got an email from work, or oh, I got a, a this about work, or this is happening, or, you know, you just get distracted all the time. And, like, now I can just sit down and work on the thing I want to work on and focus on it and get it to where, get it as developed as I can alone in my room before taking it either to the stage or trying to shoot it or whatever I do with it. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that that's the most important thing to me is, like, because in the past I would be like, all right, well, I'm just I'm going to make sure I write 20 minutes today or 40 minutes today. And then there's all these distractions, and uh, you get, like, a little bit of a spark of an idea, and then by the time you get back to it, it's gone. And now right. I can just sit and be like, oh, wait, let me turn on the TV for a second. What's this thing like? Is this a is this a butt of something, or is this is this nothing? You know, and like, and and work it out for a few minutes before you know worrying about anything else. And and, and I, I don't know if it's the right decision. I don't know if that's going to pay off in the long run, but it feels good. It feels right. Uh, like you said, I'm not afraid of hard work. Uh, working my butt off my whole life, um, but uh, it definitely feels like uh, it feels like the right thing. So yeah, so when you brought that up, I, I really felt for you. You know, like yeah. like talk about that, like work it out, like what what are some you know? I going through your head? I have this the day job that I have right now is really flexible. Um, it's not at all what I want to do with my life, but it is the sort of place where you just kind of like need to get 
a certain amount of work done, and it doesn't really matter the like the time frame for the most part is not so important. So it's pretty easy for me to take off. It's pretty easy for me to come in later or earlier or, or you know, take a phone call at 5 o'clock for the most part um, and, you know, go back to it. And that is really convenient. So I feel like I've had a good – I'm in a good situation because I am earning, you know, money to pay the bills and the rent and the student loans and the whole thing, but, like, I'm still – flexible enough to, to do a lot of the stuff that I want to do. And I mean, I've, you know, been doing, this, you know, running around the city trying to do stand up and trying to find some time for my own, like writing and spending time doing, uh, you know, Chamber Boys and Fractal, which is the production company division of them sort of stuff. And I have enough time to do it all. And it's been cool. Um, that being said, there's like that fear, or I have this fear about, you know, when you pursue something that's a little bit more artistic, like when people ask you what you want to be when you grow up and it's not like a lawyer or a doctor, it's like an artist. It's like there's this level of people kind of like scoffing at you or this level of it seeming too dreamy or not not concrete enough. And so I almost feel like I have to pursue parallel paths, you know, like I have to be pursuing simultaneously like a successful, you know, more traditional career while I try to pursue more artistic endeavors because like there's not the same kind of guaranteed payoff or doesn't seem like there is in the way that, in the way that um, there is for a more traditional path, right? If I wanted to be a lawyer, I know exactly how I'd go about that. You work this hard, you go to this much school, you do this much stuff and you'd eventually get to be a lawyer. And you could be a good lawyer as long as you work hard. But it doesn't always seem like hard work equates to success in these other sort of pursuits. And in that way, it feels like like a hoop dream, right? It feels like that's so cute. Like, oh, like I'm going to – like I'm telling my parents that I'm going to quit college and start a band. You know, they're like, oh, that's very nice. Um, Why don't you get a real job? And um, I don't know. I guess I have this fear that I'm 34. Like, what – like, am, am I going to, you know, if I don't do something else, am I going to look back in 10 years and be exactly at the same spot that I'm in right now, which is, like, going to open mics and, like, doing this day job I don't really love. It doesn't provide me with any fulfillment. And just, like, I don't know. I, I feel like there's – I have to feel like I'm moving forward, and I don't I don't know what the answer is, really. Uh, I mean, uh, yeah, I get all those uh, things. <laughs> I will say, though, I started doing stand-up a long time ago, mm-hmm. and I quit to get, like, a real job and to be, like, a part of society. Mm-hmm. And now that I'm back doing stand-up, I regret that decision wholeheartedly. Yeah. Wholeheartedly. I would have so much rather have struggled that whole time because I struggled that whole time anyway. It wasn't right. like I was like, oh, I'll be a functioning member of society and immediately had a six-figure job. It was like, oh, I'm going to be a functioning member of society. Let me work my ass off just to pay rent and car payment. Mm-hmm. So I was struggling the whole time anyway. I would have much rather have been doing this. I see people I went to open mics with when I started headlining Caroline's. Uh you know, on at midnight all the time, on, you know, Fox News or whatever, Red Eye on Fox, like all this stuff. Right. And it's like, I, I want those, I would love those opportunities. Like, right. why did I, what did I do, like, what did I do in this time? Right. 
No, I totally uh, appreciate that. I mean, maybe I'm a better comic for it because I left and came back. And I do think I'm a, a better stand-up now than I was then. Yeah. Um, but I, I don't, I don't have enough, I don't have enough material. <laughs> you know. Yeah. I, I wish I had, you know, eight years of material or whatever it was accumulating. But I mean, in a way, I think you probably do have eight years of material accumulating. You just like didn't get eight years to work it out, but like you have all that stuff floating around your head and right. But it's not, it's not fleshed out, right? It's not fleshed out. It's not right. right, right, right. Yeah. No, I know, and I don't want to. I mean, I have no intention of like giving up. Like I don't like there is in the world in which I want to say like I'm not doing this anymore. It just feels like. It feels like a scary commitment to to say maybe I'll spend a little less time doing this or maybe I can do it in a way that's, like, more um, kind of focused. Because I think right now I sort of say yes to everything, which has, like, been a cool experience over the past few years, like, in terms of, like, anything anybody suggests. Like, do you want to try to, like, be involved in this, like, sketch? Do you want to, like, help us produce this thing? Do you want to write something? Do you want to do a mic at, you know, anywhere, a barbershop, a basement, someone's butt missed Like, yeah, any, anywhere, you know? And so sometimes that feels, like, kind of cool, and other times it feels like maybe I just need to focus on, like, one thing, you know? Um, right, particularly right. if I have a full-time job. I can't be, I can't have my, like, I can't be, like, half into doing 15 projects. Um, I don't know. I, I, uh, it feels scary. I mean, I think it's just, it probably feels that way for everybody, right? I mean, there are these moments where you're, like, standing outside in February, like, outside of a bar where you're, like, barking to get people to come inside, and there are, like, three people in there, and they didn't know there was a comedy show, and they wish there wasn't one. And you're like, why do I do this? <laughs> right? Like, why do I do this with my life? Like, what am I doing? I don't know. And then there's other moments where it goes really well, and you see, like you said, you see people who are – you know, your grade level, so to speak, in terms of, like, when they started, you know, yeah, getting up yeah. and, and getting places and, and succeeding. Um, and you think, okay, it is possible. I mean, you know, you have not been back in the game, so to speak, for a ton of time, but I, it seems like, it seems to me like you are really on a on a track to to make things happen for yourself. I mean, you're being booked and paid and, you know, open and for Car- Caroline's for Ashley and that sort of stuff. So, like, you're certainly... I mean, you're not just like you know at open mic eight, eight days a week, not not progressing. No, I, I mean I'm 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 working hard, hard, but I I don't mean to say, uh, yeah, I I don't mean to come across like I'm not grateful for what I'm grateful for the position I'm in. I'm working hard. I want to continue to working hard, uh, continue to work hard. I just I understand how difficult that decision is, you know, because yeah. I, I made the decision twice, and I think that I made it the wrong way the first time. And even if this turns out that I run out of money before I achieve any level of success and I have to go back to work, mm-hmm. I'm going to go back to work part-time. You know what I mean? Like, I I know where my focus is now, and it's, right. I, I have to I have to write and tell jokes for a living. That's... That's what I need yeah. to do. Yeah. And w- whatever helps facilitate that. Totally. And you know what? Like, you you brought up like that. You brought up Ashley. Like, she. Sometimes, sometimes people can take themselves a little too seriously. I think, uh, especially here in this world. Um, mm-hmm. But some of the stuff that she says 
like just on a friendship level is like whole, like I wish someone said that to me seven years ago. You know, like just like just like little things where it's like you have like just like little you you have to believe in yourself kind of things. Mm-hmm. But she's like she's loaded with them. You know, she just has like mantra after mantra of like, you know, picture yourself where you need to be, present yourself, you know, where you're going. You know what I mean? Like right, right. And it's like yeah, uh, you know. Like, every time she speaks to me, I'm like, yeah, I hope what you say becomes true. <laughs> you know, like, uh. Yeah, and, and then, you know, there is an element, too, of, like, I think her, and she's a good example of, of success that seems uh, the very opposite of this sort of, like, luck that people imagine it happens when you succeed in this kind of industry, right? She's definitely, like, driven and hardworking and, like, dedicated and, and to the to the point of, like, cutthroat, right? So it's, like, pretty – and you see, like, where she – how she is where she is now. Like, you see all the steps and you, like, get that. I don't have that. And so not that that's the only path, but I definitely see it as, like, a, you know, not that it's an equation, but you're like, oh, okay, I see how this happened, you know. But but that's the thing, like, the, the – the, well, I don't have that. Like, I don't know that that – I think that's a cop out. Yeah. But I don't have that. Like, because what is it that she's doing? You know, she's working hard. She has mm-hmm. talent. She has talent, but she's working hard. Totally. And, and we all prove that we can work hard because we're all working our real jobs, which is 30, 40, 50, sometimes 60 hours a week. And we're also going to mics, which are 20 hours a week, you know, and then like, driving to them or taking the train to them or, you know what I mean? Like we're all, we're all showing that we are willing to work hard. Yeah. So where, where are you applying those, those hours? You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I don't, I don't know. I, what, there's a, there's maybe, maybe you're right about the cop out thing. There's some difference though. There's something, and maybe it is that I, Maybe it is that I just don't work as hard or that I am an excuse maker, and maybe that's it. Like, maybe the kind of hemming and hawing that I'm doing now is, like, not the kind of thing that people who succeed in life, whether at comedy or something else, like, really do a lot, right? See yourself where you are. Be where you are. Like, get what you want. Like, go after it. Like, I can tend to be, like, a little, oh, I don't know. Like, maybe I'll never, you know. I just wonder if like, a lot of the people who succeeded, like, did they really have those? Like, you imagine, and this probably is not true, but you imagine that someone like like Ashley or someone else kind of made it, has, like, never had that moment where they're, like, in the bathroom hyperventilating about their life choices. Like, why have I done this? This is a horrible idea. I, like, left Germany well, in my marriage to, like, pursue a comedy career, and, and there's three people in this bar outside, and they all hate me, and, like, where, like, where am I, you know? Is that true? You left your, you left your husband to come to New York to do comedy? Uh, you know, it's, I think it's not quite as cut and dry, but yeah, that was definitely a huge part of it. Um, uh, you know, he didn't want to leave Germany and like, you know, we had a very good, cushy, comfortable life there and I liked all that stuff, but there was no opportunity there for me whatsoever to be creative in the way that I wanted to be. And, um, when I finally got to New York, I thought it was the sort of thing I could do temporarily and like almost get it out of my system. And like, the more I did it, the more I was like, I don't think I'm coming home. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so I want to I want to talk to you about 
uh, how interesting your life is, but I just want to touch on this one other thing before we get into a new topic. Yeah. You, you talked about you talked about luck, and like I I always joke that I'm the luckiest guy on earth just because mm-hmm. like the 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 decisions I've always made bad decisions. Oh, but I always come out like I have like in my opinion the best wife on earth, and mm. I, I'm very happy in all my pursuits, you know? And so I'm like, oh, I must be, like, the luckiest person on the planet. But then there's, like, a part of me and this, like, uh, gambling part of me where luck is uh, being as prepared as you can be for when the opportunity arises. It's like uh, whatever it is, skill plus opportunity equals luck. Mm -hmm. And so isn't, like... Isn't that it? You know what I mean? Like, I just want to be as good as I can be, and that's all I can control is working at being as good as I can be. And then when I hear little things here and there, attack those opportunities. Like, you know, do the stupid audition for the thing that was a waste of giant. (laughs) But go do it because you never know. Like, you know, you, you don't. You you can't tell you can't tell from I can't tell from my bedroom if the if, if the audition would be a waste of time or not. And what right. if it was? You know, what if I got in there and they were like, "Oh, you're we're looking for a fat guy with tattoos." <laughs> As a matter of fact, yeah, no, no, you're totally right. You're totally right. And I I gave you that book that I don't think you read, but it does say I did, uh, I did not. <laughs> it does, it, it, you should you should totally read it, and I totally the, the Stephen Pressfield, and he, it says a lot of good things like that. And I try to like read it; it's like full of mantras. But like the basic idea is basically what you said: you can only control being good, and you have to just like pursue your art in a way that is like the most sort of like with honorable intentions, just like to be the best that you can be and do and as well as you can do, and like you know everything kind of comes from that. And so I think that that is something you have to remind yourself, right? You don't. I think. Uh, not too long, I don't know if you had this experience, but not too long after I started doing comedy, you know, uh, it was like, you know, it's on your Facebook, it's on whatever. And so a lot of people from my path would like pop up out of the woodwork and like want my advice about like how to get into it. Or, and they would always say like, you know, I've always wanted to be a comic and I really want to make it. And I really want to like, what's your advice for like, and how do you start getting paying gigs and how do you don't? And I was like, well, slow down. First of all, I'm still doing open mics and I'm paying gigs. Like, I guess get good first. Like, well, you're like basically wanting to you know, you want to publish your novel before you've written a paragraph of it. And so it's like, and if if you're getting into it because you think you're going to be Amy Schumer or Chris Rock, that is like 100% the wrong reason to do it, right? You just, it's about like an art form. And if you were as good as Chris Rock, but no one ever knew it, it would still be like an honorable way to be a comic, right? Like there are lots of amazing comics that are fantastic, but whose name nobody knows necessarily if you were outside of the community, right? Um, yeah, yeah. write amazing scripts and, and perform all over the city, actually perform all over the city instead of the way they just introduce me when I get up uh, and are incredible. But they just, you know, you don't always get the name recognition. I think that's the wrong reason to do it. Um, I'm babbling, but the point is, yeah, get good. Oh, yeah. That's what you say all the time. Yeah, get good. Just get as good as you can get. Yeah. You know, get as good as you can get. We're, we have the opportunity to do that. I mean, sometimes it costs more than, than other times, but we have the opportunity to just work as hard as we can work and get as good as we can get. Um, you're from New Jersey. Yeah. 
when every time every time a a country comes up in conversation <laughs> you've lived there for six months so how what, explain please just explain to me how that happened um I well, I grew up in this like really small town in New Jersey, like sixty kids in my public high school graduating class, kind of small. Uh, and I was always just like wanting to get the hell out of there. And so I graduated high school and I went to school in Boston. And then I just like kept wanting to travel. So I did uh, two study abroad programs, like one in Australia and one in London, and got to travel around a bit. And then I ended up getting married to a soldier, and we moved to Germany. And so I was there for like seven or eight years, I guess. And at some point during that time, I went to school for like a year in the Netherlands, so went to grad school. And then before grad school, in order to get to grad school, I wanted to like do like a human rights-y NGO type program. And so I lived in Peru for like eight months at this work at this like NGO. Uh, <laughs> so... Yeah, not that many places, but I've gotten to travel a bunch of places. But I, I've, I've not lived. that many. You just, you just live in seven countries. <laughs> it's not like every place. But, yeah, no, I've, I've been lucky in that way. I've, I've gotten to, to travel a bit and live different places, and so that's been that's been really cool. That's been, um, yeah. Never yeah. Africa? No Africa in there? I haven't lived in Africa, but I did, I did visit. Uh, but, no, that's the end of my, my living experience, basically. Where did um, you go in Africa? Uh... South Africa and Botswana and Zambia and Zimbabwe, I guess too. Just uh, south. Yeah, yeah. So a little, a little safari action. So yeah, I've, I've gotten to travel a bit, so that's been kind of cool. Uh, it is nice actually at like shows and stuff when you like pull the audience and be like, where are people from? To be able to have like a little like, oh, is it there? Like I get you, you know, try to prepare a joke for every situation. Um, but I usually am just, like, waiting for, you know, you just, like, keep asking people until they finally hit upon a country that I, like, have a joke about. Like, I'm like, oh, where are you from? Oh, you're from Spain? I got nothing for that. Okay. Australia. I got the Australia joke. That's good. You know what? Uh, I don't know if this is, like, a good technique or whatever, but I heard a pro once tell me, uh, like, oh, close enough. So, like, uh, if someone's like, oh, I lived in uh, Chile, you'd be yeah. like, oh, yeah, I lived in Chile. Close enough, and then tell your Peru story as if it was <laughs> That's true. That's true. You know? Like, it's close yeah. enough for the 10 minutes we're together tonight. Right, I'm not, right. I'm not shooting this for HBO, so. <laughs> yeah. People get people get on you, though. I don't know if you have this experience, but, like, so many people who know you and, like, watch your stuff on YouTube or do whatever – want to, like, come back at you later to, like, ask about, like, this. everyone wants to verify, like, the veracity of your statements. Like, wait, did that really happen? Did your dad really die? Are you really getting divorced? Are you really a redhead? Like, are you – it's like, oh, my God. <laughs> Do you have that? Like, people just can't – I guess I, I asked you the same thing about your uh, your your sister's joke. Yeah. That's an incredible uh, that's an incredible joke that you want to know. But for the most part, it's like, I don't know. Uh, it's just a joke. It's just a story. Like, don't be so wrapped up in the facts. People do people do tend to ask me questions. Um, I don't know, most of my stuff is pretty true. I mean, embellished for the humor, but you know, most premises are, you know, most stuff's born out of real situations. Right, right. 
And I feel like people are unhappy with you if they find out that it isn't true. Like, so my, I have like a pretty good, well, I have a joke I like a lot about my, my dad being sick and dying. And so it wasn't as recent as I make it seem, but like for the joke, I can't be like, oh, a really long time ago, my dad died. But like, Wah. I mean, that's why we're always like, oh, I was on the train yesterday, last week, earlier today. There's something. Yeah, the urgency. That. Yeah, yeah, the urgency. Yeah. Yeah. And so we're like, oh, when, when, just... when did your, when did your dad pass away? Oh, my God, a long time ago, like, when I was in high school. Oh, uh, yeah? Yeah. Did and he, so, go ahead. Did you have a strong relationship with him? I did. I did. He was, like, um, definitely the parent I was closer to. And, uh, yeah, it's weird to lose your parents at a young age when you don't know them very well. Like, you know, you only know them as, like, a a child knows their parent. You know, you almost don't know them as, like, a human. Like, I don't, like... I don't know, the 17-year-old version of me, like, didn't know my dad as, like, a grown-up person would and, like, all these, like, things about him that I could – or the types of things I could tell you about my mother now that I know as a 30-something-year-old, I couldn't – you know, I wasn't, like, aware enough at 17 to know. So it's, like, in a lot of ways, I don't know who he was. Not really. So that's kind of unfortunate. Did but, you uh, – God. So was he sick for a long time or – He had cancer for about a year, and it went pretty quickly. And so it's pretty pretty rough senior year in high school. Um, and my family is very, we, like, joke, we make jokes instead of feeling feelings or just when something is awkward or sad. Yeah, it's kind of what we do. Like, there was yeah. a lot of, like, laughter at his funeral, that kind of thing. Um, is that a, do you think that's, like, a like a regional thing or what is, what is that? Because that, that's the way we are, too. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, I'll tell you, my therapist says that uh, it's an issue for me, <laughs> that I joke too often. She says it's like, an issue? Yeah, that, like, you know, I, I think there's maybe her stance would be that there's a time and a place for for jokes. Um, it's all the time and every place. Well, that's right. That's what I think. <laughs> yeah. And I kind of told her, like, um, I told her a story about when my father was uh, pretty sick. It was, like, near the end. He could still kind of talk, but he just wasn't doing well. We all kind of knew he was going. And we never really talked about it. We never really talked about that he was, like, you know, terminal, and it was kind of a tough thing. And so this one day he, he was sitting in bed, and he called me into his room, and he asked me for, to get him a glass of iced tea or something, and I brought it. And he said, Ab, you know, I, I uh, you know, we should talk. I, I really, you know, I'm not going to be around forever. And I thought, oh, shit, you know, we're going to have this conversation. Like, this is it. We're going to have the I'm dying conversation. And he's like, you know, I'm not going to be around forever. You know, I won't always be here to give you advice. But, you know, someday when you grow up, maybe you'll be a waitress. And people, when they order iced tea, they really like a full glass of ice. They just like a full. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> it's like, it's just, it's a refreshing drink. They they really want it, they want it to feel refreshing. And so that was, <laughs> I'm like, that was the best he could do. And that was like our version of the dying talk. And so my therapist was like, that was fucked up. Like, he should have addressed it. And I'm like, he did in the way that we could. And, so that's how I am still, I guess. <laughs> but, Dad, some people don't want it to get watered down. They don't drink it super fast. Exactly. Right. Yeah. A full glass of ice. So, yeah, that was kind of the best we could do. But uh, oh, man, it, it was, it was so like, not, it was not too long ago that actually my ex-husband's father died. And so it was, like, when we were still kind of in the process of going through a divorce. And so I was, like, involved in there and whatever and just, like, being there for that brought up a lot of the stuff about my own dad. And I started writing jokes. The joke started out being like, oh, my father-in-law just died. 
and then I realized I was actually telling jokes about my own dad, and I was like, I'm not supposed to make it my dad, because that's, like, really where it was coming from, so. Right, right, right. So that's my story. I don't know. Yeah. Oh, your family was like that too. You guys just like laughed instead of talking about the truth. Yeah, I mean, we were joking at my dad's funeral, and my mom's funeral. Yeah. Uh, sad, you know, but uh, making jokes. Everyone making jokes. My dad was a. Uh, I tried like I, I spoke to my wife about this the other day. Like I was like I want. I kind of want to, like, honor my father a little bit by, like, writing about him. Yeah. But he's such a strange and specific character Yeah. that uh, there's so much exposition before I can actually get into the crux of it. And I, uh, I don't know that I'm emotionally prepared to edit it down to an easier, uh, more palatable uh, situation. Oh, do you have some stuff that you've written that is just, like, too long, or you just have some thoughts about it? No, just thoughts about it, uh, you know. I'll put it on paper eventually and then, uh, you know, see how that goes. But uh, What was the – what's so specific about him? Like, what's the the sort of thing you feel like you have to explain? Well, because he uh, – everything. Because he was, like, very – he's a very stubborn man. Yeah. Uh, but he also didn't take a goddamn thing seriously. Yeah. You know? So, uh, like, he'd risk your life over something stupid, and you'd be like, God damn it, man. Like, just lose one. You don't have to win. You can just lose one. <laughs> and he'd be like, you know, he'd brush it off, like, you know, with with a joke, and it would often be funny. But, like, you're just, you know, it doesn't doesn't take away from the fact. All right. So he died because he hit his head on the counter and okay. was too proud to go to the hospital. Jesus. Yeah. And never woke up. Oh, my just God. Went to bed and with concussive symptoms and just never woke up. Oh, my God. And it was like, you know, you're a dick. Like, just, you know, just, why couldn't you have just gone to the hospital? Right. You know? Right. But if he had lived, he would have made a joke about it. You know, like, oh, you know. And even in death, I'm sure he made a joke about it. You know what I mean? Like, uh, like yeah, yeah, well, I was, you know, I was 80, whatever, it's fine. You know, like. Right. Uh, I don't want to right, run. but that—I mean—that is—I mean—I think that even story in itself is funny. It's like you're a dick. Like you're a dick. You just could have gone to like, like nope, not doing it. Oh god. Couldn't oh. just go to the hospital, you fucking asshole. <laughs> <laughs> also, also didn't go over as well in the eulogy when you said it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then like, but like, then the next day, like we're we're not, you know, we're in the hospital. They're like they're pumping his chest like he's gonna wake up. And I don't know if you, if this happened for you or if this is like this for everybody, but they were just going to keep pumping his chest until my mom was like, okay, stop. Just call. You know what I mean? So I I had gotten there like 10 or 15 minutes after my mother because, you know, we live, you know, 15 minutes down the road from her. Uh, By the time I got there, they had probably been pumping my dad's chest for like 
15 minutes or whatever it was, and my mom was just sitting there crying, asking why. Like, why? Why did he die? And it was like, and all I could, I, like, channeled my father. You know, I was like, why? Because he was 83, he was overweight, his leg was purple. Like, why did he get this far along? <laughs> you know, like, you're asking why? We know why. You're asking how we got this, how he, how he make it this far. Exactly, right. It's like, who thought this health nut would have kicked the bucket early? Right, no, totally. Yeah, and also so, he was an asshole, and he had his head, and he wouldn't go to that car. That's why. Yeah, exactly. For every fucking reason, yeah. Yeah. So it's what? like, uh, uh, there's that, all that stuff, but, you know, and those are funny, cute stories, but like, uh, I'm, well, I'm going to, I'm going to tell them on stage, I get seven minutes, 12 minutes, so I'm going to waste it, you know, like on the sad store, bum ever, uh, you know, yeah. I should do a, I, you know, you know, if I get an hour special or, you know, if I become Colin Quinn at some point and I'm doing hour-long stories, I'll tell us, you know, I'll do, this is uh, the Ralph Rubenstein show, and I'll just be him for an hour and tell his jokes, you know, and how he, you know, his little. Yeah, I'm interested, though. I mean, I'm a big fan of the dark stuff and the stuff that's, like, kind of real and sad. So, like, if you, you know, later when you're maybe not supposed to it, find a way to, like, tell a joke on stage that you can get just, like, a minute or so out of and, like, get some laughs some laugh lines in there. I think that, that that's the stuff that always sticks out to me when with people and their performances. And I think that is also very, like one of the reasons why, you know, you're the joke about your sister is so strong too. It's just yeah, like, yeah. It's a different story and it's just like powerful and like a little dark and a little like, you know, you don't know what to do with it. There is a, yeah. um, there's a, right at the beginning of, of me doing like open mics, I don't remember who the comic was. I don't exactly remember the joke. I don't remember a lot of the other things about it, but I remember this, like, one, like, dark line. So he was, like, telling a story about how his, like, grandmother had, like, a no-smoking sign in her house, and he was making jokes about how silly that was and who would see it, and he brought with him, like, a, a stack of other signs that he thought would be more appropriate for his grandma's house. And he had a stack of signs that were uh, not really that funny. It was nothing really that exciting, but one of the signs said, uh, no secret families. <laughs> and yeah, and then he was like, "Oh, is it just is that just my house?" So I was like, "Okay, never mind. We'll just move on." And he just like, moved on to this smoking or whatever else it was. So it really just like stuck me because it was like so dark and like I was yeah. like, oh, I, I like that. That's I like great. That. That's great. <laughs> well, you know, uh, you know Nick Tolelli. Yeah, he's got a really great dark line too about. Um, it's like it's a purposefully dark about his father beating him and his mother. Yeah. And it's a very subtle punchline. It gets, like, 50% laugh, 50% groan. Yeah. And then the tag is, uh, oh, you're uncomfortable. Like, I, I, I was getting hit, you know? <laughs> like, oh, right, 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 yeah. However is it about how his dad went out for cigarettes or something and beat him for the cigarette? Yeah, came back for it, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I forget the joke, but it's just the 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 tone of it is very like, oh, you're uncomfortable. Like I was getting hit by that. <laughs> like, that's I was getting the shit kicked out of me. Yeah, totally. <laughs> that was uncomfortable. Uh, I, I'm not doing it any justice, but uh, he's no, no, no. I, I, I do like that. <laughs> if uh, if you're out there in uh, 
podcast land listening, just uh, you should listen to him. <sighs> Very nice. Very nice. Uh, how do you uh, how do you do what's the technology behind this podcast thing? Is this this is not live? I imagine you just record it and put it up later. Yeah, record it, edit it a little bit, and then put it up. Um, okay. So right now, uh, I have an app. It's like fifteen bucks. It was like it was ten bucks when I got it, hmm. and then it became ten bucks a year. Oh. But then. It became fifteen bucks a year, and I think I paid twenty five bucks for it this year. <laughs> well, is it useful? Do you like it? What's the app? You don't want to treat me free for a while? Yeah. No, no. Well. You know what? I don't want to give them the plug because I'm a little annoyed about the twenty five. You already give them the twenty five bucks. Yeah, totally. Yeah. I think this uh, is a great this is a great idea. This in traffic situation because like uh, to just start like completely by happenstance. Like you just happen to be like I need to call people because I'm driving home all day and then. And then it turned uh, into like I should record this shit. Uh no, uh no. Uh how did it uh Well there was you know, there's the thing, hey, everybody needs a podcast, right? So right. I was like, Oh, I gotta do a podcast, uh, you know, if I'm gonna be a comedian, right? right? But I didn't I didn't know what to do, like I didn't wanna I wanted to be unique somehow, I didn't wanna be uh I didn't want just like a bullshit uh, thing. Yeah. And uh, driving into the city every day blows, and it's a huge, uh, it's a huge burden on me uh, time-wise. And I was yeah. like, well, this is a good way to kill a bunch of birds from my car. I like it. Solid. So. In traffic, in traffic with no emergency. I yeah. like it. So we're doing, and uh, <laughs> I was doing it every week, and then I was like having a hard time getting like celebrity-ish guests, <laughs> which is why we, which is why we're here now. You're like I don't know, do I? <laughs> who who well, are talking about? Even, it's yeah. not even like so whatever, like people right. who had some credits, you know? Like, right, 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 yeah. But it was like such a difficult thing, and. I don't know. I don't want to be as lazy as I've been where, like, I did one in December and one in February. Mm. I want to do, like, two a month, you know, like every other week. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, I'm, like, this is, I think, episode 60. Yeah. So, uh, you know, uh, it's uh, I, I don't need to bang them out as frequently as uh and how how are you doing in terms of uh, I guess like listenership? Is it going well? Does it depend on who you have yeah. on? Is it totally it, consistent? It definitely depends who I have on. Right. Uh, so this one, no, no, people, no listeners. Yeah. A lot of people stick around. So yeah. like if I have uh, Adam from Taking Back Sunday or Anthony from Bayside, I'll get a huge surge that week from their fans. But they'll stick around because a lot of, not a lot, but, you know, 25 to 50% of my other guests are other guys in bands that they like, so they stick around. Um, I mean, I don't know if they're also listening to the Ian Laura episode, you know, right. but, the, you know, they're, uh, they are listening to some other episodes that, you know, we're subscribing at least. Yeah. So, uh, there's like a weird metric 
there's a weird metric on the on the website, um, or weird analytic, I mean, on the website. So I don't really know how it works, really, how they really gauge it. But it seems like there's a lot of people out there listening, like, uh, so uh, pretty That's stoked nice. on that. I like it. Oh, and I'm supposed to choose this. I'm supposed to mention. Uh, I didn't do it earlier. Uh, I have like sponsors. I have a sponsor. That's <laughs> uh, awesome. Who's your sponsor? Uh, high brew, cold brew coffee drinks. Awesome, and give me the jitters. And then also, I got added to Laughable, which is like uh, a comedy podcast uh, app. Nice. That, uh, yeah, it's like I heard about it from like listening to Mark Norman and Joe List podcast. Yeah, and, and Ari Shafir always promotes it, and uh, yeah, they added me. Uh, I guess I have enough comedians on that account. That's awesome. Good for yeah, you. Yeah, yeah, super excited. Like super excited. That's and a lot. I'm, That's a lot because like everybody has a podcast, as you said. So it's like yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Awesome. How many? How many are you listening to? Are you listening to a lot of them regularly? I listen to regularly. I listen to a couple. Yeah, I listen to a Radio Lab, Cracked. Um, Mark Norman and Joe List, Tuesday with mm-hmm. Stories. Yeah. Uh, Ari Shafir's. I just started listening to Crystal Lee's new one. It just started. Mm-hmm. And uh, if uh, Joe Rogan has a good guest on, not a good guest. They're all good guests. If Joe Rogan has someone I'm interested in, uh, I'll listen. Um, anyone else? Anything else? Real app? That's it. Note to yeah. self. Occasionally, yeah, I guess like ten, fifteen. Tim Dillon's podcast, ten or fifteen podcast. That's a lot. Where are you getting this? You getting it in the car? I guess. I'm driving. I'm all. I'm. You know, I'm in the car for at least three hours a day, pretty much. Right. Right. So. Sometimes I, don't, I feel like I don't even listen to some things or watch some things or whatever because I just feel overwhelmed by the number of things that there are, and so then oh, I can't yeah. do anything. Like the sheer totally number of shit I want to see or listen to or hear. I'm like, I could, like, if I can't listen to all of them, then I can't listen to any of them. So I need to be better about that. But I'm like, ah, it just overwhelms me. I'm like, well, I mean, oh, yeah, that's like, a... <laughs> I just get anxious until I take a nap. Yeah, that's a horrible... Uh, that's, that seems crippling. But... Because <laughs> but, uh, there is some good stuff out there that should take precedent over some other stuff. Right, right, but, yeah. Uh, well, if I can't watch Pretty Little Liars, then I'm not going to watch the news. Yeah, and I'm sure you don't watch the news. Uh, I, I don't watch the news. news no. no one watches it, yeah. I read the news, but I don't. Well, I, I can't really after Trump. It's like turned into being, it's like too hard to read um, now at the moment. But Yeah, people are like, oh, did you hear about whatever? And I'm like, no, I'm not reading it now. I just can't continue <laughs> to see Trump's name. And I just like, I can't do it. So I'm just like, I just refuse to know what's happening. Uh, I don't even want to get, uh, yeah, I want to start with that again. Every episode, I just complain about this fucking guy. Yeah, there's like, uh, in the, uh, I work in the financial district, there's like a huge, like, flat screen TV the size of like a, you know, two, two floor wall or whatever. When you walk in, it's like, oh, we turn to CNN when you come in in the morning. And I just like, right. I avert I my gaze. Cannot do that much. Don't want to know. Um, that's my new story. Uh, where are you headed? Are you going somewhere fun? Or are you on your way home? I'm um, going to, uh, yeah, a little writing workshop. Uh, okay. Where's that? Uptown. Okay. Is it just like you and a group of comics or what? 
Yeah. And then, like I'll, uh, and then I'll go hit a 1030 mic or 11 o'clock at the pit, maybe. I don't know. We'll see what happens. Very lovely. Or uh, if uh, Joe DeVito is at Broadway, I might go over there just uh, watch and knock it up. <laughs> what are we doing, Abby? I don't know, man. What is it? Do we get something at the end? Do we get a prize? I don't know. Do we get a prize? I just we get to be happy. I don't know if it all works yeah. out or. I mean, honestly, like there are days when even even it's just like a mic that goes well. Like the and, and you know particularly when we said these Wednesday ones, you know, like even then I could walk out of one of those and like that is hardly a career changing endeavor but it's just nice when it goes well and it's fun and it's like okay like these are the moments that you do it right where you really get people yeah. to laugh or you really like your own set or you like your own interactions and and those are fun moments so like i try to remind myself that maybe you know for me it doesn't ever turn into much more than that but like there are still cool moments and it's a good experience and i'm glad i'm getting to do it it just might not be you know i don't know it just might not ever pay the bills but but we try yeah we give it the old uh, college uh, <laughs> college heave-ho. What's the expression? The college try. College try. Yeah. We give it the old college try. You're giving it the old college try. We did it. Woo-hoo. Uh, I'm, gonna, uh, I'm about to park. Abby, we did it. We did it. We, we really, we did it, really did it this time. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, you for Thank you. Thank you. No, thank you. Keep, thanks keep for, uh, thanks for doing this. Thanks for thank, doing you for, this uh, thank you for having me. This was a delightful chat. Yeah, I will talk to you very soon, Abby. All right, I'll chat with you later. Bye. You're a jerk, Neil.